Hey everybody, welcome to Rockpile Talkpile, the official podcast of the Colorado Rockies subreddit. I'm Zach, username Zach17. I'm John, jfoster15. I'm Evan, uh, legacy3233. We're going straight into hype now um, because we're finally calling up the long-lost uh, football player mummy killer, Brendan Rogers. I was against this intro. And I was for it because <laughs> of the mullet. Uh, what happened the last time that we had a shortstop about a mullet, guys? Did he destroy the world? He did. He also destroyed himself pretty often. Okay, well, that's we're gonna forget about that part. Tulo had so a mullet. So you're gonna say we got like three good years and then he gets too angry at nope, himself? Nope, nope, nope. We're 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 all hype, 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 hype. This the is... name of this podcast is hype. Nothing else. Without a hashtag. See, do... or with a hashtag. All hashtags. Like seven hashtags. All hype. So everybody on the team has been doing the faux turtlenecks recently. What if everybody has a mullet? Team mullet. Uh, I am here for Ian Desmond and a mullet. That's how you get, like, you know, not lice, but lice. <laughs> That's how you get something dangerous. It just seems like the mullet was... If you have that many people with a mullet, somebody's going to get something. You can have, like, a couple people with a mullet. That's fine. But that many people with a mullet, you're going to get some bugs somewhere. What about one 21-year-old superstar with a mullet? You're saying a superstar like he's a superstar or something. What makes him a superstar? Okay. I was going to wait till later for this, but I'm too hyped for it. So I'm going to just mention it now. Hashtag hype. The hashtag. Zips, yes. The Zips projections on Brendan Rodgers for the next three years. So for this season, this was assuming a full season of 468 Bs, which he could totally do if he stayed up all year and got regular playing time. 2.3 fan graphs wins above replacement. 2020, 2.7 wins above replacement. 2021, 3.2. All of these really good. He's trend. He would trend up in OPS, ISO, trend up in walk percentage, stagnant on K percentage. And Zips is usually pretty good at this kind of stuff. So you think he's going to be good or something? It's like I'm super excited for a guy who's tearing the cover off the ball in to not get any actual playing time with this organization as Pat Vileka starts every day. Forget Evan exists right now. <laughs> is Vileka still technically on the team right now? Yes. Not tomorrow. May well, numbers. Because, because May numbers Trevor for story. Brendan Rodgers. Both of you be quiet. May, May numbers for Rodgers. Slash line 442, 489, 721 with a 1,210 OPS. Three home runs. Eight RBI, three doubles, 19 hits, and 43 at-bats. They just couldn't keep him in AAA any longer, basically. No, I get that he's phenomenal, but my concern is that we're, he's just not going to have any place to play regular playing time unless Trevor Story is hurt, goes to the IL. That's bad. If he plays at second and McMahon is not getting regular playing time, that's bad. And if Murphy is back on the injured list and McMahon is playing at first, that means this guy that we spent all this money on is not playing, who is already not doing particularly well, and that's bad. Zach, who would you rather see at second base right now? Ryan McMahon, Brennan Rogers, Garrett Hampton, choose. or Pat Vileka? For, for this weekend against Philadelphia, who would you rather have at second base? You know who both. you would pick. I want both. You I know make, I, I love Ryan McMahon options. with all of my heart. <laughs> I give you four options. Ryan McMahon could play first. 
Obviously, D- Bed Black hates Daniel Murphy, so forget he exists, I mean, apparently. Yeah. And he's not doing so hot. Well, it's just, the. I think I figured out why we had the whole DH thing um, in Boston. But anyway, Brent Rogers is probably the offensive spark that we need to, in order to, like, actually win a couple of games in Philadelphia with their offense. But, you know, I love Ryan McMahon, so I can't say that one of them should start all three games. Hey, look, I love Ryan McMahon as well, but he is he certainly has not taken the second base job and made it his own, has he? We can all agree on that, with, right? With his defense, he has kind of. Did you see that play on the Walters throw? I also saw the play where he decided look, he almost didn't want to catch the ball. Just platoon him. It's fine. I, Are we in favor of that? Ideally, our infield would be McMahon at first, Rogers at second, Story at short, Notto at third. But... Is, ideal but we but, but we but we decided to sign daniel murphy but the way Which this team I'm, operates makes no sense you you I sign like gluttony contracts for i don't know i don't think evan and i are really um fans of daniel murphy yet do you guys want to know a fun stat i would love a fun stat in the last seven days which which rocky leaves the team in o swing I already saw this. So, Evan, do you have a guess? For the fans at home, what's O-Swing? Uh, swing outside the zone. Uh, David Dahl. led you into it. David Dahl. Really? We all I thought it was David Dahl. Dahl. It's not David Dahl. In the last seven games, again, small sample size, but still, there's a lot of swings, you know? There's a lot of pitches, so... Is Daniel, Daniel Murphy is swinging at 57.1% of things out of the zone. And he's supposed to be this like incredibly he's, patient batter. Exactly. But that's what that the was, hell is he doing? That's the same thing with with Ionetta though. It's like the whole reason we signed him was that he can supposedly be patient and take walks. Mm-hmm. Except for everybody is swinging at everything right now. Do you guys want to hear the second half of that argument though? Yes. Who leads the team in O contact percentage? Also Daniel Murphy. Also Daniel Murphy at 81.3%. So he swings outside of the zone, but he still hits it. I mean, the guy has impeccable bat control, which Uh he's an offensive first player, and which is why we stuck him at first base. And I I wish that Bud would give him consistent playing time. If he's on the roster, he's healthy enough to play. If he's not healthy enough to play, then put him on the DL – and let him chill for a little bit. You spent twelve million dollars on this guy this year, and twelve million next year. If he's not Why, healthy, yeah. you've got options. Just do it. You Just guys are the, never w- guess. the way that this lineup is built sometimes is no, most of the time is so frustrating. It's weird. Do you guys want to do the other other part of that argument though? Yes. yes. Which Rocky has the best O swing? I swear uh, to God, if you say David Dahl, I'm going to smack you. No, it's not David okay. Dahl. Don't worry. Pat Valeka. Okay. Um, That's worse than mine. I didn't qualify him because just no. He doesn't have 10 plate appearances in the last seven Good. days. Is he? Good. Okay, what Thank is the exact God. opposite of Daniel Murphy? Uh, the exact opposite of Daniel Murphy is? Ian Desmond. Ian Desmond has the lowest O swing on the team at 29.1%. So what you're trying to tell me is is that Ian Desmond has morphed into a patient hitter? The dude has an OBP of .455 in the last seven games, seven days. But he still strikes out enough, he, you know, 36.4%. So He took a walk last night. 
Just because he doesn't swing outside the zone doesn't mean he makes contact. He makes contact 51% of the time, so. All right. What's there to say? What What's there more to say about Ian Desmond? We'd be remiss. Well, we, we find, some, like, we find something to say about him every week. I know. On my Brendan Rogers podcast, we're talking about Ian Desmond. Hey, Ian Desmond is the reason that we have to have the conversation about Ryan McMahon. Ian Desmond is the reason why we've had to have a lot of conversations, why we had to have the conversations about Tapia and Hampson and a bunch of other people, because he's just in the way. <laughs> I he think that's just, the best description of Ian Desmond ever. He's just in the way. Even my girlfriend knows that Ian Desmond is terrible. I think and, even Buddhist monks know that Ian Desmond is terrible. And we do. We harp on him every single time, but it's just so frustrating because we knew the contract was bad from the get-go, but we all were at least a little bit hopeful because he's a he's a good dude and he's got that quality clubhouse presence, but also because he had put up a decent season in, in Texas and he was incredibly well-loved in Washington and all we get left is the dregs at the bottom of the cup, I guess. Yeah, I do find it funny that there's two fan bases that absolutely love Ian Desmond. Like, Rangers fans and Nationals fans love that dude. And then there's Rockies fans who yeah. despise him. And I don't but, want to. That's that's the hard part is Ian Desmond, by all accounts, is a super good dude. But he's so frustrating to watch. I mean, I can differentiate between the man and the player, which is what I'm forced to do with Daniel Murphy. Yeah. No, and that's exactly I, the I case, can, but it's still frustrating. Yeah, yeah well, it is. What have I told you Ian Desmond may be turning around with that last seven days of a 159 weighted runs created plus? And his batted profile per baseball savant has looked crazy improved. How many times, though, have we said on this podcast alone, is this where Ian Desmond turns it around? What if there I was- told you that Ian Desmond has 145 weighted runs created plus in his last 14 days? I'd be very surprised at that. Well, that's what it is. There was a stretch from that Angels game that he got booed in May of last year till about early July where he had a 140 WRC plus and it turned it way back down. But there was a solid month and change in there where he looked good, legitimately good. This is the last one. Uh, last 30 days... Ian Desmond's had 120 weighted runs created plus. Which is, with the way he's playing center field defense, is good. Like, le- this is good. Like, good right. for a like, regular baseball player. And like, that's, Jackie Bradley Jr. has somehow turned into Ian Desmond. See, and that's why you put on that designated hitter and have him bunt. Yeah. I can never defend putting Ian Desmond at DH. No, that was, that was ludicrous. But you guys understood the reasoning for it, though, right? I understood Bud's thought process in because it, they don't have, disagree. With they don't it. have any lefties in the bullpen. The Red Sox didn't have a single lefty in the bullpen. They had maybe one, and that was it. And so that's what he wanted to do both games. He put Ian Desmond in there first, get the splits right, and then he swapped him out for Daniel Murphy as the game went longer. I just don't think you should ever have to pinch it for your dh ever i agree with you but i understand like this one small like maybe advanced strategy that bud did this one time i'm like i see what you did there 
So anyway, can we stop talking about Ian Desmond for a second and talk about Brendan Rogers? Yeah, can we get back to uh, the man of the hour, the man of the many hours, the man of the tomorrow? I guess Does he start? I'm done making predictions because I thought the Pat Valeka thing was just going to be a emergency bench bat. That's exactly what I thought, movie. too, because who takes a guy who was hitting 074 <laughs> and goes, yeah, that's he's going to start at second base tonight. Like against that. Chris Sale. Against Chris Sale. That was the Sale. funniest part, is because, like, you know what, Pat Valeka, we don't want anybody else to feel badly. So, Justin Verlander, you're going to start against him. Chris Sale, you're going to start against him. So, nobody else has to feel badly about themselves. Ian, suck. Ionetta, Desmond, and Valeka against Chris Sale. And somehow we won that game. And somehow we won that game. We should I just, get a little bit more into that, unless you have, you have more Roger stuff. Yes, I do. Okay. So. We are facing Zach Eflin, Cole Irvin, and Aaron Nola this series. Two right-handers, one left-hander. Brennan Rogers this season against right-handed batters is slashing 372, 434, 713 with a 1,147 OPS. So if he starts both games against right-handers, he's probably going to mash. Against left-handers, it's still really freaking good. 317, 391, 488, 879 OPS. But not as great as against right-handers. So, we see a lot more right-handers because predominantly people are right-handed. Yeah. I don't know. You call them up. I don't know if you want to start them immediately. You, the 100%. Day you call them. Really? This is 2019. Ronald Acuna started every single day. Ron Soto started every single day. What's his name in uh, Atlanta? Austin Riley is starting every day so far. We'll Vlad, see. Vlad Galero starting every day. We'll I would, see. But I, mean, I would like to Herrera, I can keep going. Starting every day. Nicky Lopez, starting every day. I can keep going. Evan, you got something? I would like you two to guess what you think the age differential is for uh, Brennan Rogers with his teammates in Albuquerque right now. He's three years younger. Higher. I was going to say five just because there's gonna there's like a couple old dudes on a triple A team. You guys are right on the edges there split the uprights uh the age differential is that he is about 4.3 years younger than the rest of his teammates on average in albuquerque dude is insanely young compared to the rest of our triple a team and he's been performing so well down in albuquerque and i really hope that translates to major league success right out of the gate do you guys know the two people who are drafted before brendan rogers can't recall. Dansby Swanson and Alex Bregman. Bregman has turned himself into a superstar. Dansby Swanson has looked much better this year. Both college guys, though. Brendan Rodgers was a high school product. Hmm. I wouldn't mind Alex Bregman on our team. Pre-draft, he was the highest. He had the highest ceiling of any player. I mean, obviously, Bregman's exceeded his ceiling of what pre-draft stuff was. But that's what Brendan Rodgers was supposed to be, is what we see Alex Bregman now. Uh, so Brian McMahon, though. Well, if you put, just forget about first base for a moment, and you have Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story, and Brendan Rodgers, and Brendan Rodgers is 80% of what he's supposed to be, that's one of the best infields in baseball right there. You haven't seen him do a single thing in the major leagues. I said if he is eighty percent of his ceiling. If I'm not even giving him a ceiling. If he's eighty percent of his ceiling, by when even? You know. I mean, how many 
how many players have come up over the last four years and have terrorized the league? The ones you listed earlier. And I didn't even mention Cody Bellinger or Corey Seager. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a young man's game nowadays. True. I will say one of my concerns about Brendan Rodgers in that infield is that his defense is not quite up to par with what we've sort of come to expect with our core shield infield defense, trademark. Uh, He's already committed three errors in Albuquerque so far. And do you know if he's been playing primarily shortstop or second base? Because he's supposed to be a better defensive second baseman than he is defensive shortstop. So those three errors... <clears throat> Excuse me. Bless us. Uh, so those three errors, I read the chart wrong, were at shortstop. Would you like to know how many errors he has at second base this year? Boy, I'm hoping zero. Zed? Yes. See? This is what the scouting profile is. Is He probably was didn't have a quick enough first step for shortstop. Well, do you, do you have more hype, John? I I was one of the few people who didn't want... Brendan called up yet because I didn't know if he was going to have an everyday role, but Hampson struggled, unfortunately, and Ryan McMahon has looked streaky, inconsistent, whichever verb you want to use. Yeah. And I really think he has the opportunity to take the second base job and make it his. I think we wouldn't have had to do this had we signed like any other utility player. You know, you, I mean, you can't have Pat Valeka on the team and there's nobody else. And Ren Rogers is forcing way onto the team, and Brandon Man hasn't taken the job away. But you literally cannot have Pat Valeka on a major league team. And if you want to be the best team, put the best people on it. I mean, I genuinely think that Ryan McMahon is, at the end of the day, going to be a better first baseman than he is a shortstop. Or not shortstop, second baseman, pardon me. Um, he has more of an opportunity to make that position his, I think, than second base, especially with... Brendan Rodgers rising here. But um, we got Danny Murphy. So we got him for another year and a half. And so. he's doing just so well so far. I, <sighs> part of that's injury related. And part of that is just, he's not getting consistent playing time, which is kind of a theme with this team. But I have faith that Brendan Rodgers is going to get consistent playing time, at least for a little bit. I don't know about I don't. How with how don't. this team operates, I Why don't believe that, that he's going to get consistent playing time, and I'm not going to believe it until you show me otherwise. And that's fair. I That's fair. I have no argument to say other than a gut feeling where I think they're going to say, if you want, if, Rodgers, if you want to stay, this is your job. Go earn it. And they're going to give him, I think, in the next seven games, he probably starts five of them. If, if like, you had, like, a GM situation where the GM's saying, this is what we're going to do, like, in a Dodgers situation, maybe. But Bud Black's, I don't, you can't tell me he's going to do that. He played Ian Desmond for, like, three months straight when he was terrible last year. Ian Desmond played yeah, 160 doing, games last year. 160 He's doing games. the opposite with Daniel Murphy, though. He's literally doing the opposite with him. And it, But... Who are, who are the only people who get regular, consistent playing time? Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story, and Charlie Blackman. To be fair, they're the only ones who deserve it. <laughs> well, David Dahl and Ryan Tapia would deserve it if they could just stop swinging at terrible pitches. But even then, yeah. Tapia has shown that consistent playing time has improved him, at the very least, as a hitter. Somewhat uh, defensively, 
but I'm still a little sore at him it's, for the incident It's still an adventure yesterday. out there for Raimel Tapia defensively. He killed Trevor Story. Well, yeah, bad. they both blamed it on the crowd noise. Curse you, Fenway. Anyway, um, so Brendan Rogers, John thinks he's going to play every day. We don't. But, I mean, he might be able to play more often if he forces himself on. Um, we wanted to talk really quickly about the fact that the Rockies struck out how many times in two days? Is it like 36 or something? 40? 40. 40 strikeouts, 29, uh, pardon me, 24, and 16. So 40 strikeouts, and there was a 12 inning. Was it 12 innings and 10 innings or 11 innings and 10 innings? 11 and, tw- 11, and, and 11, right? It was, it was 11 and 11. 11 and 10. Chad Bettis came in and just gave it up. I thought it was 11. Anyways, yeah. can we talk about the... Um, so that's uh, 30, 60, 63-ish. So that's like over 50% almost. Yeah, can we just side note real quick and talk about the efficiency of Chad Bettis last night? Two pitches? Two pitches to send us home. He came in and said, you know what? I'm really not feeling it. One, two, we're done. You know, Boston's not a great city. I'm just Let's just get out of here. Right. So the O-swing last bad. 14 days was bad. We just want to talk about Dahl and, and Tapia. Tapio is 34.4% O-swing, and Dahl is 41.1% O-swing. So, for, so I'll give you a would-you-rather. In, in a big spot, bases loaded, bottom nine, uh, two outs, who would you rather see, David Dahl or Ramel Tapia? So weird, but I'm going to say um, Tapia. I'm also going to say Tapia. And Isn't I am, that weird? I am well-known as a David Dahl lover. Mm-hmm. I, and isn't that so weird how David Dahl has become this guy where we know he's talented and he, he hits well, but there's just so many times where the guy looks like he wants to destroy a baseball and the pitchers are just not going to give it to him and he is still okay trying to destroy a baseball. Yeah, because a- the, the pitchers have got to know that if I feed this to him, he's going to destroy the baseball. That's exactly what he wants. We had he crushed a towering second, right? shot on a, off a broken foot last year. Was, yes, we had Nolan on second. And, uh, <laughs> and that was Dahl sad. Swung at, he swung at every pitch that was at least four feet off of the plate. And I'm probably exaggerating a little bit, but at least from my eyes, <laughs> no pitch was even remotely close to the area code of a strike zone. He, you was not, he was not hitting those, and if he did, they weren't going anywhere. I don't know who's supposed to calm calm people down. Where's where's Daniel Murphy and Ian Desmond's veteraniness calming down the young guys? Yeah, or, if Daniel you know, Murphy was going to take anybody under his wing, it, it should be, Dahl. be David Dahl. But <laughs> yes. even then, where's the guy telling people not to swing at every pitch? Shouldn't that be Dave Magadan? Yeah. I mean, here, here's the problem with, uh, with Dave Magadan right now is we were doing well offensively recently. We were actually looking like a real team who actually could hit the ball. Our pitching wasn't great, but we were actually looking like a good offense. And then we just went to Boston, and it all fell apart. And we're all on Magadan, and I kind of want to be too because you can't have like a over 50% strikeout rate in two games. I'm I'm notorious for not caring about strikeouts. I know you but are. Even, but I, even I was like, bro, this is just too many strikeouts right now. Like, you're, doing, you're trying too hard. 
And the fact that we won that first game, (laughs) 24 strikeouts, 17 strikeouts to Chris Sale. That's ridiculous. To be fair, Chris Sale is Chris Sale. Yes, who, but, and he's finally but, putting it back together. But at the same time, what the, he struck out eight of the first nine batters he faced? I, I would expect like 11 or 12. 17, yeah. 17 is a lot. It's a lot. Uh, I do want to <laughs> say real quick, so we still scored a decent amount of runs. We weren't tearing the cover off the ball like we had been uh, against the, the Brewers and we did against the Diamondbacks and the Giants and even those two games against the Padres. We still scored five runs in each of those two games uh, against Boston. The Rockies so, have, like, sheer might. They don't have anything early ever. Um, but they definitely they don't stop fighting um, until Chad Bettis comes in. So our so our last 10 games, we scored 10 runs, 9 runs, 8 runs, 14, 12, 12, 4, 10, 5, uh, 5, 5. So then you've got to give credit to Magadan. I think part of it also helps that this organization just does not the, – there's nobody in the minors who doesn't strike out a lot or walk frequently – so I think the organization's okay with this philosophy, and the guys are just kind of getting used to just swinging at anything. Because other than other than Nolan, and sometimes Trevor, like people just swing whatever they want. You, and Charlie. And if you think about the Daniel Murphy thing, he's swinging outside the zone, but he's still hitting it. So I do need to correct myself on some of those scores. Uh, We did not score 14 against the Giants. We scored four. We did not score four against the Padres. We scored three. So I had. And um, one of those no. Diamondback scores was two runs for us. So okay, maybe I'm I mean, not. I'm not on even are you, Evan? I'm not on my A game for reading charts today. Jeez, the offense has still been better than I think we all expected it to be. Would we agree? Yes, especially we, after the start we had this season. We all knew it would have to get better by like addition through subtraction, and then regular playing time. But you know, it's. It's mid-May. Uh, we're still not 500. Um, we're not how many n- that bad. How many non-playoff teams have we played? Non-playoff contenders have we played up till now? The San Francisco Marlins and Arizona. San Francisco. I forgot about the Marlins. So the Marlins and San Francisco. I mean, so, we have had a, a really tough schedule to start with outside Padres. of. The Padres look really solid this year. Are probably the two easiest teams we played have been the Marlins and San Francisco. Uh, So our schedule so far has been Miami series tie, Tampa playoff contender series loss, Los Angeles playoff contender series sweep, Mm -hmm. Um, Atlanta playoff contender two losses game postponed. Like Mm -hmm. we're playing all these really quality teams. We have a have had a tough schedule, and our schedule remains pretty tough coming into May and the start of June here. So we're playing Philadelphia uh, starting tomorrow. And then Pittsburgh has been a really surprising emergence. Mm-hmm. And then we've got what should be a gimme against Baltimore, but who even knows at this point, <laughs> that's going to be the John Gray gives up five home run start. I swear to God, if we, 
don't sweep Baltimore, I'm probably going to be really sad. And you should never be really sad about not sweeping a team, but we should be really sad if we don't sweep Baltimore. We really need that. You know what helps bad teams uh, win? Free passes. We're going to talk about that after the break. Welcome back to the Rockpile Talkpile. We are um, trying to find a way to get this uh, started off the break. And, you know, when you don't really have an idea of how you're going to get something started, you just kind of take a few pitches and then you find yourself on first because you just got walked into it. And that's what we're talking about is the Rockies walking people after the starting. Is it bad to walk people? Is that what you're trying to say? I'm trying to say that... After you start something, you don't want to like walk people. Oh, I hear you. There's there's a lot of things you should walk. You should walk your dog. You should walk yourself. You should cook your food in a walk if you're making oh, stir how fry. How more can you do? You should not walk batters as a bullpen. I really pitcher. wanted the fourth one, Evan. You should. <laughs> now, now I'm on the spot. In the spot, you gotta uh, walk in the park. You gotta. Yeah. No, I think you gotta walk fine. your talk. You gotta walk your talk. Your bullpen pitchers really need to walk the walk and talk the there talk by not walking batters. I'll take it. Um, so we're gonna get right into it. Um, did you guys already see what the uh, walk per nine is of the Rockies pitchers? Uh, the relievers. Is it? How would you say bad? Too too much. I would say it is too too much. Plus point six two. Four point six two. Nice. Oof. Yeah. Quick maths. So, um, Rockies, um, you can't walk people, man. Especially at Coors Field. When you play half your games at Coors Field, you cannot walk people. You, just, you can't do it. And, and if you're going to walk them, you know, at least strand them, you know, like by leaving them on base. And we, Oh, Zach. Yeah. Who is the second worst team at leaving people on base right now? I believe it is the uh actually tied for second Colorado Rockies stupid percentage points yep 62.3% left on base percentage so if you walk somebody they're only going to stay left on base 62.3% of the time if you're a Rockies reliever bad so so I want you guys to tell me uh who the top 4 are for walks out of our bullpen right now oh um, um Ooh, uh, let's go, Chad Bettis. Oh, Chad Bettis is up there, but he isn't. Uh, oh, is actually he's not walking anybody. Well, it's yeah, not. Uh, just, is it destroyed? He's, he's not, not walking people. They're just lighting and him it's up. It's not Shaw. Davis. So, would you guys just like to know? Davis, Davis is number th- number okay. three with ten walks. Okay. Um, not my boy Estevez. Uh. Estevez is number six. Okay, that's good, right? Um, oh, Scott Oberg. What Scott is Oberg is number with four Oberg? with ten, so he's tied with Wade. Man. I honestly think that he's just, I mean, that he's not out. played that many games compared to a lot of others. He's only, I mean, I guess that's not right. He's only, he's played 17 relief appearances, and he's got a fabulous ERA, 
but he's just walking people. I mean, since we're talking about walks real quick, does anybody want to guess what Adam Adovino's uh, walk per or walk percentage is right now? Walk percentage? Is it a lot? It's like yeah, 32. 32? You feeling it's 32? I'm going to vamp real quick because my computer's getting down. <laughs> How are you going to have that? I, w I had it, and then my computer, like, it's just... Uh, it is Shaw. With your Shaw's got 11.8. Uh, by the way, uh, Adam Adovino's walk percentage is 17.2. Where would that rank, Evan? Uh, 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 Johnny on the spot here. It's second uh, worst next uh, to uh, DJ Johnson. Bad. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, so our our worst um, culprit for walks is Brian Shaw right now. He's got twelve. Are you talking total? Twelve total walks. Yes, not not walk percentage. Like total walks. Um, just because I don't have walk percentage on my screen oh, yeah. right now. Well, he's at eleven point eight walk percentage and yeah. weighs it. Um, and yeah, it's not. <coughs> excuse me. You, it's it's too many walks that we want to see from our bullpen. Mike Dunn of the guys who are getting the most appearances has one of the lowest. It's super weird. This is completely opposite. Wade Davis, 15.4% walk rate. Pretty darn high. Left on race percentage, 81.8%. What? Brian Shaw, 11.8 walk percentage. Bad. Left on base percentage, 87.7%. What? What you're saying is, is the people that actually walk people somehow are keeping them not from scoring. <laughs> and then, oh, and DJ Johnson come in and just give up slobber knockers and their left on base percentage is bad. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Did you guys see O's ERA? Let's just put it this way. I'm not sure if my ERA would be much worse. Yeah. It's it's one oh oh five. <laughs> Too many O's for O. Unless it was O O O, which would be great, but it it's I think that, were we talking about him turning it around? recently i don't think we were no i wanted him to he's certain he's certainly not earning his nickname of the final boss that's for darn sure the final boss of our hopes and dreams what do you what are you guys <laughs> thoughts on um ground ball percentage in relievers ground ball percentage is good strikeout percentage is best <laughs> i would agree with that ideally you want strikeouts but you know, ground balls keep it in the field and rely on your infield defense. And if you do have to walk somebody or get on base, being able to force that ground ball contact for double plays is always helpful. And that's exactly what Brian Shaw does. It is 48% ground ball percentage. Which was his MO before he got to Colorado in 2018. Yeah, his his uh, home runs per nine is way down. Uh, only one per nine innings right now. Uh, Shaw, outside of the walks looks very improved which is really weird because under the hood he seems like sort of a ticking time right. bomb and also looking at his mechanics they don't look improved his cutter is still not cutting it's a problem or at least or at the very least not cutting to the degree that it is supposed to cut and we've seen it cut for him historically so last year basically every cutter he threw was a big fat meatball right down the middle it had no break to it what forever it was basically a slow fastball <coughs> Excuse me. We need a cough button. That X that X fip is 
kind of showing like how bad it is. You know, Evan's right. Uh, Brian Charles is taking time bomb. You just hope that there's someone else who steps up in his stead. I sure Yancy wonder. Almonte, Scott Oberg, somebody. Who else would step up? I mean, up? if he... D- if it's a time bomb, you hope it never goes off. But who else would step up, Zach? Um, some minor league people. Um, Brian Shaw's fastball spin is the 85th percentile. Yay. Good. There's some As Jack and I discussed last time, fastball percentage is just fun to look at. It doesn't really do much for you. Not a lot. Not a lot. Um, so if... Well, we're not going to replace Brian Shaw, you know, and... Oh, I mean, O only has one more year with us, right? Yeah, this is his final year on the contract, and I don't think it's out of the question for him to be designated for assignment if he continues to struggle. Especially with how little we're paying him. And he doesn't really have a lot of fanfare. Right. But then we'll lose Eugene, though. Yeah, especially in... People love Eugene, Eugene. but they don't love O, and O's certainly not doing anything to endear himself to the fans. With that 10.05 ERA. So who all is supposed to be on the team who isn't right now? One Chris Russin and one Jake McGee. Yeah, Chris hasn't played at all yet this year with the major league team. And uh he he is finally making rehab starts or uh rehab appearances in triple A. They sure look rehabby. They've been going. Yeah. Um I think he's supposed to have one next Tuesday. Basically, he's been a mixed bag. Some of it's been fine. Some of it's been not fine. He hasn't been able to pitch on back-to-back days yet. And I don't think they're going to pitch on back-to-back days, even when he gets up to the team. Until, like, August, September. His backs can be weird, as Zach, a doctor, knows. Backs suck, and I'm not a doctor. Um, You're basically a doctor, Zach. Very close to one. Russin's not good. What's weird about Triple H is nobody's got a very good whip. ECL. Yep. So if we just kind of like, I don't know if we could find a way to like, you know, average all that. Um, Let's talk about, so Chris Russin's not great. 6.75 ERA so far in what, five innings? And Mm -hmm. 1.69 whip. Two walks, yeah, whatever. Mixed bag, whatever. You got Jake McGee, who's actually a two point seven ERA in three innings with a one point five WHIP. Two walks. And when Jake McGee has been healthy, which was twenty eighteen, mm-hmm. uh, he was pretty good. He was fine. Us. I just, I'm just commenting on the walks because it's a walk every most innings for Jake McGee, and I, and I just want these walks down. And you wouldn't, especially when you're pitching as a 29, 30 year old to AAA batters. You shouldn't have to. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk. um, Yancy's on the team right now. He's doing some other stuff. Um, You want to go talk about the the new acquisitions real quick? Evan? Patrick Deal and James Pazos. Pardon me. Real quick, I do want to. uh, So I I was trying to pull up the, uh, the lines from their um last rehab starts on may 11th chris russin uh tossed 1.1 scoreless innings mm. uh which is great jake mcgee had one inning where he allowed two hits and one run mm. 
So Patrick Deal, so, James Pazos. Philip Deal. Philip Deal. Why did I say Patrick? Anyways, Philip Deal got we got <clears throat> in the Mike Talkman trade. And if you don't know how Talkman's doing, just don't look it up, please. Um, we got him in the Mike Talkman deal. And then Pazos, was he a waiver pick or did we trade somebody for him? Traded a, like a uh, single A infielder or something. All right. Nobody of consequence because even I didn't know about him, which is kind and of And you know everything. Well, I, I, I pay more attention to prospects than I reasonably should just because they break your heart. Uh, so we traded Hunter Stovall, a infielder prospect, uh, who I think we drafted in like 2017 or 2018, and he he didn't really light the world on fire with any of the teams. He was okay was in Grand Junction, and now he's in Philadelphia for Jeff Pazos, who James Pazos, if he ever James Pazos, who if he ever makes it up to this team, something has gone horribly. Horribly wrong that? with how he is doing in AAA right now. He's got an ERA of thirteen point five. Mm-hmm. He's um, he's got a WHIP of three point six four. He's he's bad. He he's doing really bad. Uh, he hasn't allowed any home runs, but seven earned runs, uh, eight total runs on fourteen hits in only four point two innings of work. Just, yeah, just imagine he had a three and a half hits an inning. Yeah, and Pazos had a really nice year with uh, Seattle last season, um, but he was he was fairly reliable with the Mariners in in 2018, and then he went to the Phillies for spring training, couldn't make the main team, and couldn't make it as a farmhand with their team. And so, I when I first heard the news because I hadn't really been following Pazos closely. I was like, oh, he was really good with the Mariners. Let's see how he's doing so far. And I was, I looked, and it's like, oh. Oh, no. And he was with uh, the Yankees the year before that, which we all know the Yankees' bullpen has been very good for quite a few years now. And they were perfectly fine letting him go. And I think that's an indictment on Pazos. I think Pazos is the Pounds man, Aww. but worse of this season. The Pounds man. Uh, so if we want to look at Philip Deal uh, right now in Albuquerque, it's not the real deal. This, yeah, I mean he's got some nice strikeout numbers, a thirty-eight percent strikeout percentage, but a twelve and a half percent walk percentage is not great. Uh, currently has a nine point six zero fielding independent pitching, and is not great. Um, and his zips projections don't do him any favors either: four point zero two FIP, three point eight eight FIP, three point eight six FIP. It sounds like he can strike out the world, but he also can walk the world. We need people to throw some strikes and not walk people. Um, yeah, he's uh, hashtag effectively wild, but maybe not that effective. Do you remember our our most hyped, uh, you know, side armor? J- Justin Lawrence. We're like, just put him on the team. He'll be fine. Just put him on the team. I want to see him. Why? Why is he? Why is he in my leagues? Just put him on the team. Is it? Is it that he's he's probably not going to be fine if we just if we just put him on he's the team? Not going to be fine. Um, the number of hits plus walks is twenty one in ten innings. That's that's uh that's Riley Pint levels of not great. Nine walks in ten innings. Yeah. 
Riley pint levels of not good. Three home runs in 10 innings. Only six strikeouts. And strikeouts are supposed to be his specialty. So right. are are we gonna say that maybe we got maybe too we hyped jumped about the gun a little bit spring training just, just push the brace a little bit. Uh, but how about we transition to talk about uh, uh, also a member of this podcast frequently, Jack slash Underbubble, his favorite pitching prospect, Ben Bowden. How's he been doing so far? I can answer that for you. He's with Hartford, Double A. Right now, he has a 14.36 strikeout per nine, 2.30 or 2.30 walk per nine, which equates for a 44.6 strikeout percentage, which is A+, plus, and a 7.1 walk percentage, which is not A+. Plus. But when you strike out 44% of the batters you face, I'm going to take notice. And he's left-handed. Uh, for, the, for the non-stat-minded, the answer is Ben Bowden is doing real, real good. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, 1.70 xFIP, 1.62 fielding independent pitching this season right now. Pretty darn good, but I mean, at it, we're not really in a rush to see him. He's got a K. He's got a K nine of fourteen point four. Yeah, he he's got to see AAA before we see him. But if he moves up to AAA and performs well in ten appearances, I wouldn't be surprised if he's up here pretty soon. Hmm. Well, that kind of leaves us with just a couple more minor league arms. Um, I still want Jesus Snoko to work out, but he will. Uh, just give him some. Just Z- let him rest. Let him let him Z- season more. Zach, I know there's a gentleman in AAA right now that has captured your heart a great oh, deal. And who would that oh, be? Hiro. Hiro's had it rough the last uh, last year. John was telling me more about his story than I was really as familiar with. Um, yes. Go ahead. So for those who don't remember, Jairo Diaz was with us in 2015. He had a very nice season for us. Um, he didn't pitch a ton of innings for the major league team, only 19 innings pitched, but he flashed a plus fastball um, and looked genuinely, genuinely like a bullpen piece who would help a contender out. Um, following 2015, he had Tommy John surgery in spring training of 2016. Um, the follow or during that time, um, his wife got diagnosed with cancer. Um, she ended up giving birth to a newborn baby and then dying of cancer not too long afterwards. And so Jairo Diaz has had to deal with Tommy John surgery, had to deal with being cut by the team, no one picking him up, deal with his wife dying, becoming a single parent, all while trying to rehab and become a major league baseball player again. He struggled over the last couple of years, but in 2019 with the isotopes, he's come back and shown to look like his 2015 self so far. Um, I definitely think he's somebody that once we get closer to the stretch run of the season, if we're still in it, he's going to be somebody who's going to come up and play a big role for us. Um, currently right now he's got a 29% strikeout percentage, seven point walk percentage, um, and a 2.38 fielding independent pitching. Those strikeouts. So beautiful. Oh. And Jairo Diaz is one thick boy. <laughs> Five walks in 18 innings, not that bad. And that was kind of Jairo's MO was um, he's going to be wild, and some of it's going to make people strike out, and some of it's going to make people walk. 
One earned run in 18 innings, he's hard to ignore, especially at PCL. Yeah, the only issue with Hiro is he's not on the 40-man, and our 40-man's kind of got a crunch right now. You know who Unless is on the 40-man right GFA now is Jay Sandwich. Uh, Justin Lawrence is also on the 40-man. Mm. You know who else is on the 40-man who probably shouldn't be? His name is Pat Faleka. That's Ham Sandwich. I would I I like I like Vileka, I really do, but I think it's time for him to be DFA'd and maybe try his luck with another you team. You know it's not gonna happen. We're just gonna just keep heading him back. Like, hey, um World Series is tomorrow. Just just a quick question. Uh did you wanna say like Walker Bueller, you know, and his <laughs> Yeah? Sounds good. I wouldn't uh, be World Series. You were talking honest. about Jairo Diaz being one th- being one thick boy. And I'm reading uh, what they wrote uh, at Baseball Prospectus on him in 2014. And it says right here, thick body. Thick body, baby. <laughs> he is consistent. He's a consistent man. His consistency is consistent. I, I mean, he's a... I, I really think he can have that stuff if he can put it together. He's got an interesting arm slot. He works only from the stretch. He's got a really... What's the word I'm looking for? Like a powerful delivery on him yeah it's a it's a violent delivery it takes a lot to get him in it yeah solid he puts all that thick behind it um so that pretty much does it for the bullpen we're walking too many people there might be an option in the minors but i don't think the rockets are really going to take it because you know jake mcgee's coming back oh boy and chris russell and chris russell yay and there was that one i think the uh tuesday game it was Shaw and Dunn and Davis all just shut it down. So that was weird to see against the Red Sox. Jeff Bredich's uh, greatest achievements right there. Was one win. We definitely got that one. Um, Man, I cannot believe we got away with that win. (laughs) It's pretty crazy. I wanted a quick... Like the fact that we, we tied that series and we kept it close... Team's got fight, but it, it doesn't have contact all the time. We're just like free swingers. Team's got fight, fighting to not strike out all the time. Feels like the Red Sox were just like that that bully that pushed your hand away, and the Rockets just kept swinging underneath it and underneath it and underneath it. But then it, until they connected, I mean, the Red Sox's arm got tired. They just kept it locked, and then the blood flow got lost, and. Oh, is that bad, doctor? It's not a doctor. Um, He's a doctor, folks. Don't listen. Other quick bits. I thought Tony Walters was actually better than he was, and I was looking at his stats, but he's just pretty good right now. Yeah, he's been. I'll, he's had a good year. I will take pretty good for Tony. Eighty-six weight run created plus. Perfectly fine. Defense, uh, defensive WAR of one point two. Yeah, I think the average catcher WRC plus last year was 80. So he's above average for a catcher. Interesting. Let's see what's happening this year. Um, other other surprises. We haven't heard any real news on, on Trevor. He's not probably going to, you know. He, he said he's fine. They say it's at bone bruise. Oh, I guess we'll see probably by, what, 2 o'clock on Friday tomorrow? 
you'll probably get a good answer on it. If he wants to play it safe, you know, and we have Brennan Rodgers, why not? Then we should start Pat Vileka at shortstop. I didn't. No, no. <laughs> How dare uh, you? Can you guys guess the lowest ranking for uh, Brendan Rodgers on prospect list since 2017 between Baseball America, MLB.com, and Baseball Prospectus? 16. 15. 22. You guys are close. Um, but yeah, 22 is the lowest ranking since 2017. Dude's got talent, and he's here to mash. Hmm. The uh, way he runs created plus leaderboard in 2019. Uh, for catchers. For catchers. Uh, you know who's uh, 24th? 21. Chris Iannetta, exactly. Chris Iannetta oh. is 24th. Um, I got to I gotta go to the next page to get to Tony Walters. He's 40th. It doesn't make Whatever. sense. He looks so solid. He doesn't strike out. Just, There's no power. WRC plus rewards power, which because power is the best thing you can. He hits right doubles. He's got he's got an ISO of like 103. <laughs> <laughs> you get that sweet sweet 375 BABIP. Love it. Coors rewards high BABIPs. I'll take it. You know. So do we want to do uh, predictions on the Philly series? Yeah. Which, uh, what's the order? So it is, oh, that's, that's weird. That is, I, uh, when I looked at probable pitchers, I was looking at the wrong dates, by the way. Uh, Cole Irvin, John Gray tomorrow, mm. Antonio Sensatella, Aaron Nola on Saturday, and then Jay, Jared Eikhoff versus Kyle Freeland on Sunday. Two righties, one lefty. I don't mm. know much about Irvin. But he's got a future value of forty. Uh, yeah, he made his major league debut last Sunday. Um, and One run over seven innings. Yeah, five strikeouts. Um, so Gabe Kapler apparently likes the kid. I don't know what that means because Gabe Kapler seems like a very strange human being. How the hell do you get point three WAR in one game? WAR is a weird thing. Uh, yeah, people are citing WAR in weird ways nowadays. That is kind of like relax for a little bit. You know, war. Huh. What is a good yeah. God, y'all? What is it? Well, good anyway, for? the good news is that Cole Irvin, he's starting on Friday. He is. That means we can finally guy. rest Daniel Murphy. <laughs> yeah, the dude's getting tired from playing so much. He needs a break. Jesus. Um. Uh. So Evan, what what would your prediction be in the next three, and your bold prediction? Uh, Record prediction and bold prediction. I think we're going to lose against Nola. I'd say we're going to take two or three, being positive. I think we have a chance to beat up on the rookie here who uh, he dominated his um, his major league debut, but also that was against the Royals. Ooh. Mm. Um, I think if Gray continues to perform like he has been recently, um. He can maybe get his first win at Citizens Bank Park. I say we win that one. Lose against Aaron Nola because we're just going to strike out all the time against him. Uh, and then I think we can beat Eikhoff. So I'll say we take two or three. What's your bold prediction for the series? Bold prediction. Brandon Rogers will start all three uh, games. Weird. That's, Call that a hopeful bold hopeful? prediction. I mean, I mean, if Trevor Story gets some, like, you know, some time to rest his bone bruise. 
Doctor, would you like to explain to people what a bone bruise it is? It hurts. <laughs> that is a doctor that talking to you. Not a doctor. It's where you bruise <laughs> your bone. Um, um, all right. So I'll actually go a little bit more optimistic, and I'll say we sweep because we destroyed Nola last Well, did destroy We hit him well last time we played him. We did. And Antonio Sensatella, I think, is going to have an okay game, enough to keep us in it, and we'll win. Uh, so I say sweep. Bull prediction is Brendan Rodgers hits two home runs in this series. That's crazy. And also facts. Not facts. Hashtag bold. facts. Hashtag facts. Hashtag. You know what I want to say about Brendan Rodgers really quick before you do your bold prediction, Zach? Is that Brendan Rodgers, for how young he is, he looks like he is older than Chuck. It's the mullet. It's the mullet. It's the mullet. It's the Con facial hair. Swagger, he's man. got like... He's got really high smile lines. He looks old. He looks older than Charlie Blackman. Um, so maybe pitchers will like, ah, oh, he's not that young. And then they'll just throw him mistakes or something. Yeah, two of them sure. for home runs. Maybe. After he starts in all three games. So I am not so bold. I think we're going to go one and two because we did just strike out 40 times. You know, I mean, one was we struck out forty times, but split the one series. One was Chris Sale. You know, Eduardo Rodriguez was doing pretty well, but we still were striking out all the time. And I don't think that Magadan like had like a, a meeting saying like, "Get your goddamn glasses on, boys," or something. I don't even know if he has an accent or not, but he needs one. <laughs> you got you got to pull his all team. Right, you got to pull his team together. David, you need to get some contact lenses on, son. The strike zone is here. Not there. Not there. It's here. So I think we've established Dave Magadan is a southern person. <laughs> Scott Magadan is his name, so. Uh, <laughs> um, the uh, one and two. Um, bold is Senzi goes eight. Ooh. I don't know how. But maybe the rest of you suckers on this stuff will shut up about Senzi then. <laughs> They're so mean to my boy. How many boys do you have? They now? really we are. Cap your boys at and like five. Okay. Sen- <laughs> Senzi is no, he's our boy because I love him too. Yeah, the sub really does not like Sensatella as a starter, which is fine. He's probably got another. Fine. He's got one or two more starts in him before like something really bad's gonna happen and he's gonna like let it go. A bad feeling. That's rude. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, he was... See, I think he's going to find a good groove for two more games. Agreed. <laughs> the groove is relative. The groove is in the heart. Why are you Why are you also mean to our I'm boy I'm not being mean. I'm just like saying, you know, he couldn't hold it last year. I think he might hold it a little bit longer, but he he's still... He's a young man who loves his mama. He does love And he tries mama. very, very hard. Are you his mama and, and John his papa? Well, let's, let's not talk about Antonio's mama. Mm. The, um, That's sad. It yeah. is sad. I don't know. I just, I, I really wish Ryan McMahon would have put it together a little better. And some of it was that he was just hitting the ball hard and just wasn't getting the right, right stuff. Um, I want to say that Tony Walter oh, hits oh, his first oh. home run this year, this series. How many bold predictions do you get, Zach? Two. And I'm not as much into the Sensatella one anymore. 
Wow, we really talked you out of that one, eh? You're just so confident about your your yeah. Senzi. I just feel like take it easy. It's not going eight. It's going seven point two. Perfectly fine. All right. Well, we'll be watching. Hopefully, you'll be watching, and hopefully, the Rockies can finally get to five hundred again. One hundred percent, or more, even. One game over if they sweep. Would not mind that at all. Uh, I don't think anyone would mind if they're a fan of the Rockies. I don't think they would. I mean, I don't think anybody on our sub is going to be like, oh, man, I can't believe we're over 500. This is Well, we're worst. not underdogs anymore, you know? Like, people are going to have to take us seriously now. That's going to be the worst. All right, if there's anything I've learned from being a Rockies fan for 25 seasons, it's that no one will ever take us seriously. Uh, here's the real bold prediction. There's only two upvote parties when we make 500 posts. Mm. I don't think we're actually going to make a big deal about it. They will. Uh, <laughs> you forget August and September how many things we had to delete. There is definitely going to be upvote parties for when Brandon Rogers hits his first home run. God, I forgot oh, yeah, about upvote parties. Yep. They love them. I don't know why, but y'all love them. And I don't know why. Are you are you we in this me. situation? No, y'all. Like, the people listening, they love them. I don't know why. And I wish they would explain to me why. I don't understand why these common folk <laughs> love their upvote <laughs> parties. That's exactly what, how I'm meaning it to sound. Quiet. Please take it condescendingly. You're, you're, just, you're just too bougie for upvote right. parties. Why don't you go back to eating your crumpets, John? And while you're with it, give me some tea because you know I'm. What are you? What are you upvoting? It's just I don't. Know. Is tea? Is tea and crumpets that bougie? Yes, you may, you started with the British thing. But everybody, but tea and crumpets is the great equalizer of British society. What you you think like the poor British have crumpets? They have biscuits, please. Are we ever gonna <laughs> outro this thing? That's the outro. This is how we outro? Biscuits out. This is the outro. Okay. Take your crumpets and leave, everybody. It. We'll see you next time. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks. This has been a weird podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Start wearing a purple, wearing a purple.